football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And welcome to Bink at Night. As we get closer to the Super Bowl. Joey B, the legend. Well, we'll see if he is Sunday or not. We'll figure that out. Or is it going to be Matt Stafford? Jay Binkley with uh, Chris Onocero, my dude. What's up, Chris? How's it going, man? It's going, my man. You actually excited about this game? I've been asking everybody. Talking about the Super Bowl? Yeah. Hell no, I'm not excited about that game. See, that's the thing. I, I like this. I asked Nolan yesterday, you know, talking about the Chiefs. I've asked uh, Ed Nick Schwartz in here Sunday. I was just kind of curious how everybody is. I asked this question to the text line last night. You, you going to enjoy the game? And, like, they're mad about it. I said this would be a torturous week for Kansas City Chiefs fans because every time you flip on NFL Network, they ain't talking about you, and if they are, it's about the Bengals beating if you. I see, if I see Bengals-Rams on ESPN in the little preview for YouTube TV, I immediately like, yeah, I'm not watching that. So you're that bent, and I know how much you like the game of football. I, I just can't. I, I mean, I'll watch the Super Bowl, but, you know, I'll probably do like I did with the Pro Bowl uh, on Sunday, and I just, like, watched YouTube videos on my phone while the game was on. Like, I'll probably do that. I'll probably pay more attention to the commercials, unless the Rams are beating that ass, and if they are, then I'll, I'll be tuned in. <laughs> it's funny you did mention the Pro Bowl. Did you enjoy that as well? Oh, hell no. That was a terrible game. Well, see, like, that's the thing. Everybody that was says awful it. football. Like, it wasn't even football, dude. It was a parody of football. It was. It was a parody of football, but I've always said, I said, people will watch. Because you put Mahomes, you put the six Chiefs well, in the game. Well, because football. That's gonna why watch. people watch. It's I think not people, even who's playing. It's people football. in this town watch Mahomes brush his teeth. Is yeah. Right here, Austin Carver. One, one these, uh, I'd rather watch Mahomes brush his teeth than the Super Bowl. And well, there you go. They should just do that. I was ready for Sports Business Journal to put these numbers out. Austin Carp says 6.7 million viewers across ABC, ESPN, Disney. Uh, no game last year. Lowest Pro Bowl audience since 2006. But in the neighborhood of what NFL Network averages for a Thursday night game, when it had two by itself, right in the ballpark. And it's also this, too. Though it didn't outperform the Yankees-Red Sox wildcard game, Chris, it outperformed all of the MLB Divisional Series games in all but one of the LCS games. This is World Series, obviously, I drew it. But that game... That farce of a game outdrew a lot of the major league playoffs. Yeah. What's that more of a statement on how much we love just guys showing up and playing in the Pro Bowl and just two and touching? It's just because we or love how much football. we don't. They don't. People like not following baseball if it's not their team. I mean, part of it is that too, because it's become such a regional sport now. But a lot of it is just we love football. And at the end of the day, we're going to watch whatever kind of football's on television. Like when the USFL starts in a couple months. A couple months, at least a million people are going to watch every game because it's football. So, and you do, you've got some names from like colleges from way back in the day or the NFL back in the day. You got Jeff Fisher in this league. People will watch. It's football. No, they'll watch, but they'll make fun of it. But again, if yeah, you're making we'll fun, make of, it, you fun watch of it, it, but we're still going to watch because it's football. It's like Sharknado. Remember when it took over? I didn't that? watch it. Was that. I dumb, didn't watch it. It was a dumb no, movie. Just completely dumb. dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. It looked it, the the print. The name was dumb enough for me to not. It watch was it. so dumb. It had tornadoes, but they knew it was dumb. But it took on a life of its own because it got the buzz they wanted by not really advertising it and having social media do it for them. Just like Nick Melinda when he did that uh, tightrope walk across the Grand Canyon, right? Everybody's talking about it. Didn't he really advertise it that much, but everybody's watching it. The Pro Bowl everybody's making fun of because they weren't really tackling. Oh, let's see what this is all about. Oh, let's see what this is all about. But again, you put Kansas City in anything, and it's always going to get the ratings. It doesn't matter what it is. 
you put Kansas City players in, whether it's Royals, Chiefs, or whatever, they'll watch it. And it was a terrible display of football. Uh, but I, here's the thing, Chris. I, I, I told Nick a Sunday, I was like, because there's different stages. There's five or seven, however you want to look at it. I had a teacher get back with me last night and says there's only five stages of grieving. I, Google says there's seven, but whatever. Yeah, I think it's seven. Regardless, we know that it's angry. Oh, yeah, you're teacher off. needs to go back to school. But eventually, you flip it and you start to turn on the page, right? Well, I, I kind of did because I'm in the mock season now. I'm like, totally, we're going to talk a lot about the edge rushers next year and the yeah, NFL draft. I'm, I'm but, on it. I'm on it now. Like well, last uh, week, I was like, okay. I, I wasn't like All last right. week. I was like, I'm not a whole uh, whole into into the whole mock thing. Yeah, I'm on the mock thing. I was looking at mock drafts in before we All got right. on the show. All right, because Lance hit me up like that night, right? He's a big um, yeah, listener and, 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 and mock fan. Yeah, the same night. I do the post game. The body's not cold yet, man. So let's wait on that for 24 hours. Yeah, we haven't even we haven't even taken the police tape from around the body yet. Let's let's wait till we finish the crime, clean up the crime scene first. I'm not gonna lie though, just watching you know last night with the opening night that usually both teams are in the facility. Rams were there because well their stadiums there, so it's easy for them to get to. The Bengals were still in Cincinnati, still took part of on Zoom. We had the two head coaches, two quarterbacks, and you know the hype for the game. Everybody's got the sweatsuits on and every the matching sweatsuits and all that. It's just what the Chiefs have done last couple of years. Now, it was more pronounced two years ago when there's no COVID or anything and the Chiefs met the 49ers and Jimmy G sitting through Patrick Mahomes and you, you got to watch the game in opening night and people here did watch that. But you know today, just everything coming out. You know, I get these Twitter notifications, the interact poured Adam Shepard tweets, whatever it is. Yeah, occasionally there's some info like Eric Bieniemy's interview with the Saints. Oh, Eric Bieniemy didn't get the job and things like that. But a lot of it is, hey, the Bengals just landed. Hey, Joe Burrow just landed. And I'm telling you, Chris, you know my feelings on Burrow. I started talking about it a long time ago. Yeah. Like six, seven weeks ago. I said, I like this guy better than Herbert. But now it's going to get a life of its own. And he's now in that club now, like Mahomes, like where everybody likes him at first. And they're the greatest things to slice bread. Then it becomes the hatred, man. Yeah. Then the haters come out. See, everybody likes Burrow right now. They're the darlings. They're the underdog. They shouldn't have been here. They won four games the year before and two games the year before that. But it'll flip. And right now, he's the darling. Everybody wants to talk to him. I guarantee he's going to get a ton of commercials. Hell, it's probably going to be him, Rodgers, and Mahomes on State Farm commercials. Who knows? But he's going to get him. He's going to get him. Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall pick. If he wins the Super Bowl, you're never going to hear the end of it if he wins the Super Bowl. But it leads me to the biggest game for the Chiefs next year is the Cincinnati Bengals. I have a lot to get into because Eli Apple's running his mouth with the Bengals. Yeah, he is. It's going to open up Kansas City versus Cincinnati. <laughs> if Eli's still on the team next year, yeah, we'll hear about it. Well, well yeah, he'll, I mean, be a, he'll be a big name. He's been bouncing around ever since he was a first-round pick. Yeah, you know, since four, 2016. four teams. And now he just signed a one-year deal this year with the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll see what he's going to be doing. But, again, he's been running his mouth about the Chiefs and said some nice so kind things about it. I don't know how much to take to heart, but we'll get to that as well. It just kind of builds up what this game is next year. It was going to be big anyway. Because the Chiefs had the Niners, Chiefs had the Rams, Chiefs had the uh, <laughs> Buffalo Bills, they had the Cincinnati Bengals. There was plenty of options, Chris, for that Thursday night game, and it could be the Chiefs of the Bengals if the Bengals win. Because Thursday night, the Super Bowl champion plays on you know that night. Chiefs have been there before. They played the Patriots once right after that too, so they've been there. Yeah, I mean, if the if the Bengals win, I I think that's your. That's your Sunday night match. That's your Thursday night matchup. But otherwise, it's going to be a Sunday. Like, NBC is going to fight for that game. 
they are going to fight for that game because that's going to be a, a massive showdown there between the 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 new favorite, the new heroes of the NFL, the Bengals, and the Chiefs who become the villains. So yeah, I, I I certainly expect NBC will have that game in some capacity. Do you know how you're a big underdog when you haven't been on Sunday Night Football the whole year? Yeah, you like the Bengals. That's when you know because they they miss a lot. I mean, the beginning of the year with the Rams, the Ravens. You know, when they beginning of two thousand, excuse me, when they won it. You know, it was they weren't on because all these teams were surprise teams making it. But I think the NFL just showed you through the Bengals, you can win anywhere, anytime, and you can flip it within a year with a good quarterback. And that's as simple as it happens. But the home schedule for the Chiefs next year, the Bills, the Broncos, Jags, Chargers, Rams, Raiders, of course, Seahawks, Titans. So basically, it could have been if the Chiefs went on and won the Super Bowl, probably the Bills. That would have been a Thursday night game. That would have been the marquee game. Allen versus Mahomes, again, met in the playoffs two straight years. And the road games are Cardinals, Bengals, Broncos, Texans, Colts, Chargers, 49ers, Buccaneers. But the Rams are at home, so that's not going to be that Thursday night game. But if the Bengals win, it will be, but it's definitely going to be a schedule circular when you see the Chiefs and the Bengals. You know what? The Chiefs shouldn't like them. They shouldn't like them at all. And wait till you hear what I say. Eli Apple had to say about them. You should not like the Bengals. Let me put it this way. They were everybody's darling at first. They're going to be the hated team. And you know what? If they're on the top of the hill, top of the mountain, everybody's shooting at them. The Chiefs have been dealing with this, but they keep going back to AFC title game, second half, not their half. But the Bengals are going to have to deal with this too. Because you know what? Everybody loves Joe Burrow right now, like I said, Chris. But the minute he wins it, they're going to get tired of seeing it on commercials, and he's going to get the same hate that Patrick Mahomes gets. And then Skip Bayless is the world, the Shannon Sharps of the world, the Colin Cowards of the world. We'll talk about how overrated he is and how his arm's not good and how he's broken. And you know what's going to happen. You know exactly how this is going to play out. Here's what here's what's going to happen. Let's say they lose the Super Bowl this year, which I think they're going to do. I mean, part of that is probably because I'm still pissed off about that game, but I, I think they're going to lose. But let, let, let's say they lose. They were a 10-7 football team this year. They were not like this elite, dominant team that just ran through the, 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 their schedule. No. They were three games above 500. They were above average, and they got hot during the playoffs, beat some good teams, won their way to the Super Bowl. Let's say next year they come out of the gates and they're slow. Because now you're division winner, you have a tougher schedule, and you know how this works when you when a lot of teams go from that worst to first. Things change for you because you now start facing the big dogs. Now you've got the bank, now you've got the Chiefs, now you've got the Bills, um, now you've got the Titans on your schedule. You're gonna have to face the the number one team. It's the sixth hardest schedule as we sit right now. Yeah. And things do change because again, the Bengals went bad the good if you saw the Bengals right. on your schedule at first you're probably like oh look at this Cincinnati Bengals yeah well things change quickly but it, right now as we sit six toughest schedule the record so now you're going to be in a situation where you're not going to have as easy of, of a schedule there this Bengals team could very well miss the playoffs next year unless they, I don't see that I don't see it happening but they absolutely could because you know how the NFL works and just because you're talented doesn't mean you're going to be consistent. And we saw that this year where the Chiefs fell off a bit and you saw we saw a team in the Bills who looked like they were prime and ready to take control of the conference because we everyone was like, man, the Bills are the best competition for the Chiefs. And what happened? They went out there and they lost six games this year. 
That is what happened to the team that was going to be the second best competitor to the Chiefs. It is hard to be the king of the hill, and I don't know if the Bengals are up for it. We'll I, see. But with seven teams in the playoffs, it, it's tough to miss it. But I will say this. Like, what if Big Ben, Ben not Big Ben, but what if Russell Wilson or Deshaun or somebody ends up in Pittsburgh and you're playing them twice a year? And they're gonna I mean, they're in a tough division, too. I mean, the Ravens, somebody texted on the text line said the Ravens are going to be a hard team to beat next year. Mm-hmm. I 100% yeah, agree, Everybody's man. coming back for them. Not only that, Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns, too, because they, they didn't play them the twice. But earlier in the year, when everybody was trying on November 7th, Cleveland beat them 41-16. to 16. Exactly. So it's either one big or lost big. That's kind of how the season went for them. But if that division gets better, that's the only way. But I think they have way too much talent. But coming up next, Matt Verderam, uh, NFL writer for Fansided, talk about some of these big chief discussions that uh, have been going on this week, especially with Tyron Matthew. We do that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Big at Night. Not going to hear those highlights uh, this weekend. That's kind of sucks. But uh, joining us now, one of my favorite dudes in the NFL, national NFL reporter, fan-sided, Stacking the Box podcast as well. Plus, you can hear him on Fox Sports Radio as well because we play it right here on our station right here at 610 Sports Radio as he makes guest appearances on Fox. What's up, Matt? What's going on? Hey, how are you doing, man? First of all, you know I know your allegiance to, to watching the Chiefs and breaking the Chiefs dead and all this. Here's the thing, Matt. You know, talking to Chiefs fans all this week, like, they're not interested. They like watching the Pro Bowl because Mahomes is in it, right? They're watching brush his teeth. They're eating dinner. They love watching Mahomes, like, no matter what he does. But, man, it is tough on them because every time they're seeing Bengals highlights, it's about beating the Chiefs. <laughs> well, if you're a Chiefs fan, I mean, and, and that's really all you care about. This Super Bowl, it's like watching your ex getting married, right? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing good. There's nothing good about it. You either don't care or you're really uh, upset about the whole situation. I think, you know, for the Chiefs, that's one thing when you're just not even a football team. Okay, fine. Whatever. There's really nothing lost. Uh, or if you'll lose early in the playoffs. To lose the way they lost. That, that game, depending on how Mahomes' career ends up playing out. Now, he's got a Super Bowl. He's got his ring. But if, if, they, if for whatever reason, they, they never win another one. They don't get back for a decade. Something like that. That's going to be one of those games you look back and go, well, you're just physically sick, and, and, and I think rightfully so, based upon how the game played out. And then one thing, too, is obviously they're going to be reminded of they haven't been able to turn the page. A lot of them haven't. I mean, there's some people looking forward to mock. I've kind of turned the page in looking the mocks, but I know when I sit down, you know, on Sunday, I don't know how much of the pregame show I'm going to watch. I usually watch quite a bit. I've obviously usually had the Kansas City Chiefs the last couple of years, but you get reminded of that game. I've kind of moved on to what the Chiefs need to do in the offseason. Uh, which is important because uh, football is a 12-month-a-year type of thing. Matt, how much confidence – or what do you – let me ask you this first. What do you think is a tougher offseason, this current one with the Chiefs or the one last year when they had to flip the line and, and the draft was so good for the Chiefs or this year with all the free agents and, you know, trying to get another third wide receiver, the fixing the pass rush, work on the defensive line? What do you think? So I think, I think last year was a lot harder because – you know, if you go back and, and you really look at the timeline, they had to replace both of their tackles. Uh, the interior of the line was also in flux. You know, they, they had lost uh, horribly in the Super Bowl, but they also had in all kinds of injuries and guys up to the contract. Um, but beyond just that, yes, Sammy Watkins was gone. Um, they had to figure that out. They, they really, you know, they, there were so many moving parts to last offseason 
that I don't think they really have. I mean, look, you have a couple of moving parts this year. I look at really three guys, and, and it's almost like a 1A, 1B, and then a 2. What's going to happen with, with Orlando Brown? Now, they're going to keep him. They're going to keep him. It's just a matter of is he going to get tagged and cost $16 million against the cap, or are they going to sign him? Then you have Tyron Matthew, who to me is the biggest unknown in this offseason. Okay. What do you do? He is going to be 30 years old. He is still playing at a very high level. But are his best things behind him? Does he still have two more years like this? That's a tough question. They're going to have to answer. They're not going to be getting a discount with him. That is going to cost a lot of money. And then I think quietly, the one guy who doesn't get talked about is Traverius Ward. What are they going to do with Traverius Ward, who has a good rep around the league? He is not a guy who they're going to resign for $4 million a year. He is probably going to be, um, you know, I would think, around 8 to $9 million a year. And are they going to be able to afford him? Are they going to resign him? If not, it's a big hole. All of a sudden, you need a corner. So I don't think it's as complicated as a year ago. But there are certainly questions to be answered. Well, obviously that window is still over. We talked to Matt Verderam from Fanside. And Matt, obviously, um, they, they're going to either draft somebody or get a free agent because that window is still open. So it's not like you know rebuild and re, re, reshuffle the roster. They're still in position. But what would you do? I mean, because I don't like the free agent edge rushers at all. I really don't. In drafting, you got to move up to get a real quality one. So they're kind of stuck in that situation. Wide receiver, I believe they can sit tight and still draft somebody. I know that that's going to be plentiful of free agents. Well, you know, if, if you're asking me, if I'm if I'm in Beach's chair, look, I would. I think the first thing is you don't want to be used to tag. You, you do not want to use the tag. They've got about 17 million in space, roughly. Right now, which sounds okay, but it's really not that much. When you factor in, they've got to sign a bunch of guys to fill the full roster. They've got a draft class. I think it starts with Anthony Hitchens has been a good chief. They can save eight million if they cut him. That that's that's happening. There's no reason to keep Anthony Hitchens over Gay or Bolton on that field. I would move on from some guys that have been linchpin there for a while. Neiman, Sorensen, Demarcus Robinson. I, I let them walk. Ron Reed, who's obviously only been there for one year, he's out the door. Um, replace those guys with some younger guys, some new blood. Um, and then, listen, I think you've got to open up gap space beyond just hitching. The, the Frank Clark thing, you can cut him and save $13 million, but then you're eating 12.7 of dead money. Yeah. Is it better off to just restructure him, still save $12, 13000000 million, and maybe add a year and some guaranteed money, and now you're basically getting him for – a couple million more, but so what? You're eating the money either way. I think that's something to have to look into. But I think the, the Brown contract is one. Look, it's going to be somewhere around, I think, $20 million a year, you know, 5 and a hundred, you know, maybe $60, $65 million guaranteed. Like, so what? I mean, the trade worked out. He's a 20 control pro bowler. So I think you do those things. You extend Tyree Kill. That would give them a lot of space. And then you can figure out what you're doing, Matthew and Ward. And go go into the free agent market and maybe try to get a, a splash player or even two, depending on how much space they open up. I would think probably one and maybe a couple ancillary pieces. But you know, I would get the Chiefs and say you could you could get an edge rusher, or if like you, you don't like the edge rushers, maybe you look at a guy like Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin, and you you try to make a splash there and just load the offense to the hill. When you look at this, obviously the Chiefs' sixth toughest schedule next year means nothing because look at the Bengals and the Super Bowl now and. You know, a lot of people saw that even Sunday Night Football didn't even put them on this year. So you can't really go by that. In the offseason, we can. But when the season starts, you can't. 
But when you look at the Bengals, because the Chiefs are at the Bengals next year, and you look at Joe Burrow, and then there's Justin Herbert. Matt, I've had this debate with a million people all throughout the year. Do you like Burrow or Herbert? Burrow or Herbert? Then there's Lamar Jackson. There's Josh Allen. We saw how good he is. The AFC is loaded with the good quarterbacks. We could see like a Russell Wilson end up in the AFC as well. We don't know what to do. But right now, who do you think the top three quarterbacks are in the AFC? In order. In order. Mahomes, Mahomes Allen. Then, the, then for me, it's between Herbert and Burrow. I, I, I think Herbert is okay. going to end up being the better player. I, look, I think Burrow has done an amazing job. And I, and I love watching him play. I, I don't have, I don't want to take anything away from him. I think he's been spectacular. Um, I also think it's been a little overblown this year how great he's been in the playoffs. I mean, anyone who watched that Chiefs game, <laughs> I could come up with five reasons off the top of my head why the Chiefs lost that game before I get to Joe Burrow. I mean, and about four of them would involve the Chiefs. So, you know, it was, but I, it was a tough game for Kansas City. But I, I, I still think Allen and Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes being number one. Dude, I mean, you go back and look at that Kansas City Buffalo game. That I'm 33, and I love history. I've watched games on YouTube as many as I can follow it back to the 70s. I've never seen a quarterback game better than that ever. Hmm. That game, it's perfection at that position. Like I don't think Burrow's capable of that. I don't even think Herbert's capable of that. I, I think it takes the special talent. And by the way, you talked about maybe Russell Wilson being in the AFC. I was down in Mobile last week. Look, talk is talk, especially at this time of year. But sure. a lot of people in the league think that you know, Aaron Rodgers to Denver is, is something that's absolutely on the table. Like that's something that was that the buzz. You know, Hackett coming over and all the talk last year. But, like I think a lot of people feel like if the Packers trade him, like Denver is a massive favorite in the clubhouse there. Hey, who was your favorite down there since you're down in Mobile? You know, I, I'll tell you. I thought Malik Willis made himself a lot of money down there. I, he was the quarterback out of Liberty was yeah. incredible. Um, you know, you watch, I watched six quarterbacks, including Kenny Pickett and Carson Strong and um, and Ritter and, and all the rest. Willis throws the ball in a way that none of those other guys can even compete with. Now he's he's an accurate at times. His mechanics need help, but he the tools with that kid are through the roof. Like he needs to go somewhere with a good coaching staff where he can sit for a year. But if he does that. And he works hard. I, I think the sky's the limit. I'll tell you another guy I also like is Perrion Winfrey, a D-tackle out of Oklahoma. That kid can play. I was watching him, and he reminds me of Chris Jones. Now, look, it's practice. It is what, like, maybe he turns out to just be a player. But watching him at, at Mobile, uh, and I know I wasn't alone in that observation, but, you know, talking to people around the league at those practices, he was about as dominant as dominant could be, and then he ended up winning the MVP of the game itself. <laughs> Here's the thing. You're talking about the senior bowl. Let me ask you two names. If you, you know, you didn't, there's so many down there to watch. But if you happen to know Jalen Petrie, the safety from Baylor, like I really like him when I'm thinking of Chiefs picks, he's one of them. And Christian Watson, the wide receiver from North Dakota State. Any of those guys stand yep. out to you? You know, Petrie, I, I, I have to be honest. I, I remember seeing him, but I don't remember having an observation based off him. Okay. However, um, yeah, the receivers were really strong. But one thing. Uh, about about the kid out of North Dakota State, he is a big guy. Like he he stood out sizewise. And, and one thing with him that I, I remember distinctly was he caught the ball very well with his hands. You know, a lot of guys body catch it, whatever. He caught the ball out in front of him. I don't remember him having a drop. That was something some of those receivers struggle with. 
I'll tell you another guy I liked who was a receiver down there. Who I thought, man, he's probably a mid-round pick, but I liked him, was Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada. Um, everybody talks about Carson Strong and, and of course, yeah. his quarterback. Dobbs was excellent. I thought he was really impressive and somebody who, you know, he's got pretty good size. I could see him being a, either a late day two or a day three pick, depending on how he does it at combine the pro day. But, um, but I, I like the receivers. I think, I think it's a deep draft for receivers. Well, the one thing's for sure, the Chiefs have a lot of picks early on. Middle rounds, nope. But three seventh rounders, we throw darts. But first four of the rounds will be really entertaining. Well, you know, and we also know with Brett Beach, they, they'll move around. They are not going to sit pat. You know, and that's, that's really kind of been the M.O. with them. That's why you know, I've seen some people, both nationally and, and, and otherwise, talk about how you know, maybe this is more of a quiet offseason for the Chiefs. I don't know, you know if you got to watch his presser, mm-hmm. um, I don't. I do not think they're going to be quiet this offseason. That 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 presser and just the way they are in general, I would. I'd be shocked if Kansas City just sits around. He's just, like a less need. What's that? He's like a less need. Yeah, he doesn't. He believes in the star system and going out and getting big time guys and then drafting around. I mean, give each credit. They've drafted exceptionally well. Um, for the most part. I mean, everybody, you're, you're going to have some misses, but their draft class this year is about as good as you get. Um, they didn't have a first-round pick, and they still ended up with three big-time players. And I, I think you know, they're going to look at this and go, look, Patrick Mahomes is going to be 27 in September. He's, in the, he's probably beginning the prime of his career. They have an opportunity to win. And in the AFC, it is an unbelievable arms race for all these quarterbacks. Um, but they're probably leading the pack right now, even though they lost the AFC title game. I do not think the Chiefs are going to go into this offseason and just go, well, you know, we'll try to keep a few guys and then hope for the best. I, I think they will be as aggressive as they can be. This is a team last year that signed Joe Tooney to a record contract and was still, even after that, willing to spend $100 million plus to get Trent Williams. Yeah. I mean, they, they, don't, they don't bargain bin hunt. This team. They, will, they will aggressively pursue upgrades on this team. Great stuff, Matt. You can catch him on Twitter. It's at Matt Verderam, V-E-R-D-E-R-A-M-E. Must follow for Chiefs and NFL fans. And also, he's you can hear him right here at our station as he joins uh, each and every week on Fox Sports Radio at night. Matt, enjoyed the conversation, my friend. Look forward to most stuff. And I like your, your draft stuff, too, with Mobile and the things that you're doing and obviously the changes in the offseason for the Chiefs. We'll be uh, keeping up with you uh, quite uh, frequently, my friend. Hey, anytime. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt, right there. Coming back, we'll react. Uh, Chris, I got my juices flowing talking a little bit of draft and mobile there. I did it because there's certain guys I really like. I like that Petrie, man, because I like the safeties that can play box and slot corners, hitters. A lot of, like a lot of people like Petrie. And yeah. one of the guys I really like is Lewis Seen, that safety out of Georgia. He's the one that knocked the hell out of Kyle Pitts one time. He knocked himself out too. It's kind of a he knocked himself out too. But he's a headhunter and a hitter. We'll react to that. Plus, I'll put up the question of the night regarding the Chiefs in the offseason next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night, Jay Binkley, Chris Sinocero, producing the operation. Text lines already hit me up with uh, mock stuff. Do I like Jermaine Johnson from Florida State? I do. I think he's going to be gone unless you move down. Although Pro Football Focus new mock draft came out today, and he was, I think, 26. So I'm at 11 and a half sacks at Florida State. He's a transfer. He was at Georgia. Then he transferred to Florida State. Another edge that I really like is, is uh, 
Well, there's, there's several I like, but uh, a few of them uh, really stood out. Cameron Thomas is one of them. He's under the radar guy from San Diego State, big time sack guy there, but we'll get into that in just a second. But uh, wanted to bring this up before I react to uh, Matt Verderam. This is our, kind of our question tonight. If you want to chime in on this, feel free to. would appreciate it. 913 576 7610, the Jace Athlete Toast Service text line. It's a, a poll that uh, Kling and Fesco put out this morning. Today marks one year from the day after the Chiefs' Super Bowl loss to Tampa Bay. Judge your overall confidence compared to last offseason. So you more confident than last year, less confident, because they had a hell of a year last year in the offseason. It was a good offseason for them. Even the trade for Melvin Ingram, trade deadline. Drafting was outstanding for the Kansas City Chiefs. So they flipped the offensive line. And that was the big chore in the offseason. I thought it was a great offseason for the Chiefs. Do you have confidence going forward now, or are you still bringing up Breland Speaks? Or are we, we moving forward? <laughs> because they like doing that, Chris. Oh, they, they love Breland they, they don't like bringing up Nick Bolton no, or Craig Humphrey or Trey Smith or Legereus Sneed or none of this. Thing. So less confident or more confident than last offseason. Um, it's one year anniversary of Super Loss. Can you believe? There's so many anniversaries today, Chris. I know, right? Because Derek Thomas passed away this day in 2000. Yeah. He's my all-time favorite chief. Seriously. I've grown up in this town my whole life. Favorite one ever. What he did at Bama coming here, just a game changer he was. Um, the only jersey I've ever bought, like the real jersey with the real net sewn on numbers and everything, yeah. DT. Never buy another one again. That was it. Still have it in the closet. You're not, you're not getting the Mahomes jersey? No. Okay. Dude, I have rules about weight and stuff. With jersey. <laughs> you can get a jersey. They make them in your size. No, it's more of a linebacker size at the point that I bought that. But you, <laughs> you can't be – listen, you can't be three spins and wear a 15. Yeah, Gone over this, man. Yeah, you, you stretch that one to five yeah, out. You forget can. about it. Yeah, no, you, can. you can't. You totally can. You need to be rocking a Trey Smith, a Creed Humphrey. No, no, no. Do not wear offensive linemen. Unless you are related to that offensive lineman or a really good friend, do not wear an offensive Dude, there's nothing worse jersey. than being in a training camp and seeing somebody about 350 in a in a Tyreek jersey. It's like, well, come well, I mean, on, that's, dude. That's, know the rule, that's man. a little extreme, but you can wear your quarterback's jersey. Or if now, you're, or if if you're, you're buck 350 50 soaking wet and you're rocking a Trey Smith, come on. Well, I mean, like I said, unless you're, unless you're related to that offensive lineman or really good friends with them, do not wear offensive lineman jersey. But you could be any size of wear your quarterback's jersey. Quarterbacks are forever. Regardless, that's the only one I've ever bought. I don't know if you're in the jerseys or anything. I do have hockey ones and everything else, but I a lot wanna, of times I get them without the name on them. Derek's my only like personalized one I have. I want to get a Vegas Golden Knights jersey just because I like their uniforms. Like yeah. I got the hat. Like I, I don't. I don't like hockey, but I I do like their uniforms and colors. So I, I think I might try to na- snag a jersey at some point. I, I I do have a Mahomes jersey. I love hockey jerseys, so that'd be yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I like them, but I I, I do want to. I do have a Mahomes jersey. My girlfriend got it for me for my thirtieth birthday, so I was very happy. Nice. Only jersey I've ever owned. I uh, not a big jersey guy, but I was like. Chiefs finally got their quarterback. Like that's a jersey I want. I'm, I, you know, you know how I am. Like, like, like my kids have a Tyree Kill and a Kelsey. Yeah, like I'm always paranoid because you know how it is in 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 sports. Like a lot of times these guys are really good for a short period of time and then they're gone. And I've always been paranoid about buying a jersey for a player that wasn't going to be on the team in two years. So I was like, the only way I'm getting one is if we get a great quarterback. And then Patrick Mahomes happened. So. <laughs> Well, regardless, uh, but anyway, tra- the pro football focus uh, mock came out today, Chris. All I, the mocks have been coming out the last couple of weeks. Man, you know what? It, I've been doing the mocks around here for a long time, like at 610. Yes. And, like, I, I would always do a Chiefs one, and there's not a ton of those around. 
Like just cheese specifically, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you can find out. Because nobody really gives a rat's ass who the Panthers are taking in round one. They just don't. They care about who the Chiefs are taking. That's what they want to talk about. Who are the Chiefs taking? So I try to specialize in that, even though we do the draft show, and I still come out with the mock full one uh, because we're doing a show for it. And so you put out a full one, but I like chief specific ones because it changes. And it changes all the time. That's one thing I like about it. I'll be doing that show with Arrowhead Pride this year on Fridays. It's mock talk complete. And uh, I'll put up the mock drafts once the combine because so much can happen at the combine. I'm yeah, talking yeah. meteoric rises or falls when it comes to that. It's very important. So any of these mocks you see, <laughs> wait till you see the week after the uh, the combine, how they switch. Because they'll be all up and down compared to 40. That, that's, that's what it's about. It's about speed in this league. And by the way, Chris, I'll get to we need to take a break, but Traylon Burks, <laughs> you know how much I like him, the wide receiver <laughs> yeah, at Arkansas. We know, yeah, we know. He, dude's a bigger version of Debo Samuel. I mean, he runs out of the back. He's 6'3", 225 pounds, bringing it 22 miles an hour at Arkansas one day. We'll find out his combine time. Get if he's in the 4'3", he's a 6'3", 225. I've seen him anywhere from 9, 10, 18, but pro football focused at him at 29. One before the Chiefs. So it's like, Domino, you saying we have a chance? Because that's who I want, damn it. I know. We know if you've been listening to this show, and whenever you decide you want to venture into mock draft talk, Traylon Burks is the guy that rolls up your tongue first for the Chiefs. That's, yeah. that's who I get infatuated with. Yeah. And I get these mock infatuations, and they, they do switch from time to time. I do like Lewis Seen at Georgia, the safety too. So whatever direction the Chiefs go. We'll discuss this uh, latest, where the Chiefs go in the direction they go next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. The Chiefs Red Half Hour every day at 1130 on Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Bank at Night, Jay Binkley, Chris Nocero. You know, as I mentioned, you know, it, it's, it's quite a day for anniversaries and not real positive ones. It's obviously... Derek Thomas, 2000. We were talking about Derek. Marty Schottheimer's this day last year. Super Bowl loss last year on this day. It also marks the uh, anniversary of the Kansas City Chiefs becoming the Chiefs from the Dallas Texans back in 1963. And unfortunately, it was the uh, last night Therese Paler and I did a show one year ago tonight. They wrapped up the Chiefs Super Bowl because it was a week earlier then, but it was tonight a year ago that uh, I last spoke to uh, my friend Therese on the Therese Baylor show and miss him dearly. Yeah, Especially we all. talking mock and everything. Yeah, we all miss him. I, I certainly, I think we all would have loved to have gotten his uh, all-juice team, certainly. So. It was the best thing that came out. Yeah, by far. <laughs> I I remember when I was reading it, like every time I'd be like, oh, I got to watch film on these guys now. Like I got to watch, because he always, he'd always have some guys that you hadn't really heard much about. So I was like, okay. Let's let's go check out some film of these guys on YouTube and, and see what these guys are about. But it took time and effort, and yeah. you know we text each other, you know, on Saturdays watching college football. Play. I remember our conversation about Jalen Waddle back when he was in Alabama. You know, like, hey man, look at this guy, this just bringing the snap. You know, just back and forth with Jarrett Patterson, the running back in Buffalo. Just you know, just the back and forth. I'd send the guy out and say, what do you think of this Trez? You know, he'd never really tell me exactly. He'd tell me, you know, if he liked him or not and stuff like that. But the Juice team was something I always just looked forward to seeing. And, and I know the Chiefs went on a stretch there where they drafted somebody from his Juice team like every year. And they yeah. even acknowledged, like John Dorsey even acknowledged at one time that they drafted one of Trez's guy. But, man, he was so proud of, like, his Hall of Fame vote. And he's the one that helped get Trell Owens into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. And and that's one thing I do really appreciate because you you know how some of these guys in the media are. They're they're a little they're a little ornery and they got an axe to grind. And I, I appreciate the fact that he would go out there and stand up for a guy that wasn't the most media friendly person. So uh, that definitely was something I really appreciated about him for sure. That's who he was. I mean, that's why guys like talking to him. That's why the guys in the NFL had nothing but good things to say about him because he, he just wanted to know what was behind the story. Like some of his questions, they were great. It's like, why do you do the things you do? It wasn't about off the field stuff or any of that. It was all football. It was all football-related stuff about their craft and the things they like to do. It's why they, the players and everything really respected the questions that he had because he's always curious. Even the coaching staff, like Andy Reid and all those guys wearing all juice teams and Veach and everything else because the questions he asked, he's a big loss, man. It's a big loss because the questions he asked, he wanted to get to the bottom of it. That's what he cared about. And he loved writing about the league. And I just, he used to get so excited. I remember Brandon Thorne uh, was the last guest we had on that he did an interview with them. Trez, he interviewed Alex Smith one time. And so we would play his interview. He loved just doing the interviews. So we talked during the day, and I say, Yeah, I got it, man. He'd send it over to me. And I'd say, I got it queued up, man. It was Trez Paler interviews. You know, he was just, he, he loved it so much. He was so happy about his, whole, his infectious laugh. It's like, I miss that dude so much all year, but especially this time of year. Yeah. And I, I always appreciate, like, and it's one of the reasons why I really love working with you is that I really love people who love the game of football, like really love it. Cause like, that's always entertaining for me to be able to like talk to those guys and like hear them talk about football. It's one of the reasons why John Madden was so good at what he did. Cause he loved football and you could hear it every time he talks. Same thing with like Tony Romo. Now yeah, it was like, a guy who wasn't punching the clock. Yeah. Like it wasn't a job for him. It was like, okay, I love doing this and you could hear it every time they talked about it. And that was the one thing about Therese, like just from reading his writing, and you'd hear him on his uh, on the on the podcast he would do for Yahoo, and uh, when he was doing the stuff with the Star, and you'd you'd see his writing and whatnot. Like he loved football, and on our station on the Torres Paler show, you could just hear it you know, when it was him and you, and it was him and Brandon Kylie. Just like you could hear the enthusiasm for football, and that's not something you like. Obviously, a lot of guys in our profession are like hot take, hot take, hot take. But, like, he loved football. And, like, that's something I always appreciate when someone has a real, like, you easy to see love for football. No, it was. And it came through every time you talk to him. And it's just, Chris, I mean, I go back to doing high school football games, man. Like, he was with the star covering, because that's where guys usually start with the star. Even Sam Ellinger, even going way back those days, you know, seeing him in the press box, I'd be calling games or whatever. And there was Therese. And you know what we did during halftime? This is before he went on the, the massive diet and all this. We'd look at concession stand food. That's something that he and I like to do before a game or at <laughs> halftime or whatever. That's, so I'm going way back. And then he's the Missouri beat writer, moves down to Columbia. You'd see, see him down there at games two. And then he did the Chiefs um, as the beat reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it just he took everything as seriously. And he wrote about the Super Bowl with the same intensity he'd write about high school football. Yeah, the I, same exact intensity. And I was really happy for him when he got that Chiefs beat job for the for the star because I I had been following him since he was with uh, covering the Mizzou beat, and I was like, yes, like Therese is moving up because like that was that was always really cool to see that, and he was so good on the Chiefs beat. Like we've we've obviously had a lot of great people do the Chiefs beat, like T.O.B. Teicher, McDowell, but like Therese was always my favorite guy to do it because like you could just see it. 
every time he talked about the team, uh, you could just see the enthusiasm with it, with it, and you knew like he looked beyond just like the the kind of standard stuff you see people look for in practice. You know, how's he looking and whatnot. You could tell like he was really fascinated with why these guys did what they did, and I always appreciated that about his work. No, I did too. I mean, just I just like his intensity. Uh, his fiance Ebony, just a, a great, great person, and it's uh, glad about his scholarship at Howard and stuff. And we'll remind you of that where you can donate to it too. Still, they're doing very well on that. And we'll remind you uh, tomorrow as we uh, remember. But it's tonight. I don't, it, but tonight, yesterday is kind of the actual day because we did the show at night, and uh, that was the last time we heard about him. But the Hall of Fame and everything. Welcome back to the Trez Paler Show. He's on Twitter, at Trez Paler. Make sure you're following him all the time for the latest in the National Football League. Of course, his knowledge of the Chiefs is second to none. But we have a little thing called the NFL Draft coming up. And there's no combine, so you need this from outside sources. Brandon Thorne, offensive line struggles for the Chiefs. That interview comes up next. But Trez Paler, also a Hall of Fame voter. And we got new members of the Hall of Fame. What's up, Trez? Hey, my man, Bink. Thank you for... Changing the subject to something I love, the Hall of Fame, man. <laughs> I like what a it great too. weekend. Get the knock. You get the knock, man. I love how they do that, <laughs> man. I love how they get the knock. There's that laugh. That was uh, from my last Trez Paler show uh, a year ago uh, from tonight. We come back, though. We'll look at some of these uh, coaching hires. I'm curious, Chris, which one. I know you got a lot of opinions on the EBA. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, not hiring. And uh, I know CDOT talked a lot about it today. But we'll look at some of these decisions because I see a real trend going on in the NFL. And I think if you're not with the trend, you're off the trend. We'll talk about that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.